Good morning. This is Lisa Niver from We Said Go Travel, and I'm here today with Craig and Earl from The Good Road. Hi, guys. Hey, hey how's it going? How are you, Lisa? I'm doing great. I can't believe you just wrapped season four. Congratulations. Thank you. For us. Yep. Yeah, it's hard for us to believe, too, man. I think, you know, it's when you start down this road, you have no idea if you're going to ever get through season one, and now we're at season four looking at season five. It's incredible. So for people that don't know, The Good Road is on PBS. And mm -hmm. the two of you are longtime friends and philanthropists who are sharing incredible stories from all over our planet. So could you yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about how did this happen? Like you've obviously both of you, I read your bios, you've lived around the world, you care mm -hmm. about our planet. And you have a lot of interesting stories, especially about water and the ocean. So what made this happen? What made you wake up and be like, I want to be a filmmaker and we're going to walk this road together? Craig, you want to kick it off? Yeah. So Earl and I um, went to school together in the in Bangkok, the city of Bangkok, uh, Thailand, and went to the International School of Bangkok together. Uh, I was actually born and raised there. Earl was raised there. His father, um, you know, started as a uh, Air Force pilot in the during the Vietnam era. Um, and then I was there because my parents were Baptist missionaries. So that's why, um, you know, I was in Thailand, but, uh, we've known each other a long time and, um, years ago, probably about five or six years ago, uh, Earl and I, I got, uh, basically the boot from, uh, with me and a bunch of other of my team. I was the managing director of the same organization my parents worked for. And, um, so we, you know, when financial troubles hit, the communications team goes first. And so Earl um, asked me at the time, he had a company called Good Done Great. So he asked me if I'd travel with another friend of ours from the International School of Bangkok, um, Patty Demartini Williams. And so they, they took me along to be kind of the shooter and storyteller on video for their, both of their companies. And it was on that trip to Myanmar, Nepal, and Vietnam that Earl said he had a, an idea for a TV show. And I'm like, okay, can't wait to hear that one. And then he was like, uh, Bourdain meets philanthropy is what his description was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I kind of love that. So that really kicked off uh, the our Good Road story. And incidentally, and somebody asked us the other day when we were filming in New York, um, you know, whether or not we had done a lot of stuff together and, you know, through the years after our time in Bangkok. And it, the reality is uh, I had not seen either Patty or Earl since high school when we took that trip. So it was not only a cool reunion, um, you know, we had stayed in touch on Facebook and things like that, but uh, it was a it was a cool reunion from our, in our high school days, uh, the three of us, and then Earl and I, of course, continued on with our our good friendship for you know many many years in person and working on this project together. So, yeah. So that I mean, the show is the idea is not very many people want to watch a movie about doing good they don't want to watch charity videos quite frankly that's the that's the kiss of death and so when we first started we called the show good all over and people just wouldn't watch our trailer so we wrapped it into this travel format made it the good road and the idea is that we're going to take you to thailand or canada or uganda or wherever 
And we're going to show you some people that are going to introduce you to a world that you may not have thought about. So the formula basically is we'll take you somewhere. We'll try to highlight an issue. We've done anti-poaching and prison reform, internal health and all these other things. But the story that I like that I think illustrates the formula of the show best is when we went to Yangon, Myanmar. So if you and we were trying to figure out Burma has one of the oldest running civil wars in the world. And it's got, you know, the Rohingya crisis. It's got this interesting kind of mixture of different foods and different ethnic minorities. And we we're trying to figure out who is it that would make a good interview for us. And we ran across what we thought was the perfect interview the second we heard about it. It was a punk rock band called Rebel Riot. You don't expect to find punk in Myanmar because it's oppressive, you know, military government. They're super conservative Buddhists. And yet this lead singer, Jojo, is this tall guy with this big mohawk and the kindest face ever. And it was those guys that were really tied into not only the larger punk community, but the downtown community, the street kids. So they're feeding kids. They're doing literacy classes in the middle of a median in downtown Yangon. And I think that's what we do. We flip whatever narrative that you thought you knew about a place. And we try to expose that place in a different way, but it's really character driven. It's can we find somebody that can represent this area and show it to you in a, in a way that's very different than you've seen it before. And that's really the show. That's the good road. I love that. I I myself have traveled a couple of different times in Myanmar and, and you're right. It's it's such a unique place. I love being out on Inlay Lake with the leg rowers. When people see the video, yeah. like they row with their legs. And <laughs> I think you're right. Travel is such an amazing lens into what's happening. Right. And yeah, so, I think that's, yeah, that's, I, I was just going to say, uh, part of the format comes from the fact that, you know, I referenced Bourdain earlier. Uh, part of the format is, and we get a lot of affirmation from people in the TV business because of this, but most people travel with a friend, a family member, um, you know, just, uh, just a really good, you know, traveling partner. And, you know, his show, um, he was always kind of on, in one sense, by himself. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, not to be, you know, cliche, but it's kind of a buddy series because Earl and I, not only are we like best friends, but we both love to travel. So we experience the travel together. And, um, you know, that's, that's you know, a huge part of the fun of it. Um, mm -hmm. and so most of the things that people, you know, see on camera are very natural. Like when Earl and I experience like somebody cool, who's talking about making big changes in their community, you know, we were just in New York at food bank NYC and, you know, we're, we're talking to these seniors at this community kitchen. And I mean, some of their stories are like crazy. There's this guy, Gregory, who is, you know, working on Madison Avenue for decades as a writer. And um, <laughs> he, he, Earl says, or Earl tells me, he goes, he's this, you know, thin African-American guy with a really nice suit on. And, but he's there to get his, you know, dinner and all that stuff. And he says to Earl, he goes, and where, where did you grow up? Where are you from? And Earl says, Bangkok, Thailand. And he's like, well, hell, I know it's it's Thailand. You know, he was almost offended by the <laughs> fact that Bangkok had to be clarified with Thailand. This is what that other Bangkok you know? is there. Yeah. What other Bangkok is there? And we just yeah. we just love it. You know, we just enjoy so much. And it and it does matter that we get to do that together. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's an important part of travel is sharing the experience with somebody else. Yeah.
I think you're right. It is the other thing though that you bring to the show is your long, long history of travel and living outside the United States. I mean, many people yeah. have visited Thailand, but not many mm -hmm. people have lived there. And then I've studied abroad in college, but to have studied abroad at such a young age and be mm -hmm. immersed and, and not study abroad, you, you lived there. I yeah. think that no, yeah, we speak, we speak Thai. That's our, you know, I always say that's our bar trick. But it, it worked really well in a Thai bar, you know, in America. No one cares if you speak Thai in a U.S. bar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah, having grown up there and then, you know, and then Craig went on to film and, you know, dozens of different countries uh, for the organization that he was with. And I had worked internationally. And so, you know, for us, it's always one of those, you know, if you get to know the places, you know, some of the language and you actually get to know the people. What you won't see on our show is kind of us doing the top listicles five place dive bars in you know Gurkha Nepal or something like that I mean it's just but you will see you will see people you'll get to know people and you'll get to know people that are doing some interesting things and that could be professional baseball players sculptors activists we were in New York City with a, a good friend of ours Michaela who has this bare feet show on PBS she had us up there doing voguing in downtown Brooklyn so if you were there this last weekend I apologize to everyone who saw that, but we, <laughs> but it's, you know, and, and it was in even that little thing, right? So it's like voguing. I didn't have an appreciation until we had, you know, kind of this Marcel, you know, but, but what it is, I mean, because you talk about pride and it's standing up and it's having confidence and going down the street and being, you know, really proud about who you are as a person and it, and just being with someone in that world, wasn't just a cutesy little dance that Madonna did. It was much, much more once you get to know why people do that. And I think that's what we get to do is it expose it by the people that really care about it. And we find out just like the viewers do about some cool people all over the world. Yeah, I, I would add to there's a there's an element of the way we grew up. There's a cross-cultural experience that happens only if you grow up in another country. And that cross-cultural experience um leans into the fact that we should all love and respect each other. We should try to identify and learn and understand another person's culture before we make any kind of critique about it. In fact, it's probably best to not critique other people's culture because, you know, you don't, if you're not part of it, if you're not part of that group, um, you know, it, it's uh, it, quite frankly is annoying for you to be a critic of it. Like, and so, you know, for us, that means being able to talk to, you know, in the, in the case of the voguing thing, you know, we're there for gay pride. I'm a heterosexual male, uh, but you're there amongst a lot of very, you know, you know, gay people. And in that cross-cultural experience, the only thing that I felt bad was I was screwing everything up because I'm such a bad and uncoordinated dancer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, but anyone who's watched Michaela's show or or danced with her, I mean, she's such a great teacher. She's so enthusiastic. I, yeah. I think that she's so welcoming. And I think you're right. It's a cross-cultural experience. And you talked about growing up in a specific faith-based reason for being in Bangkok. And can you guys talk a little bit about for season four, being in Iraq with the, the kids in school who were having a yeah. discussion about faith? Yeah, actually, well, so we could talk a little bit about, it. I mean, Craig and I, but both of us are, my parents later became missionaries and things, but I always say I was a missionary kid because I was the kid 
and not necessarily the best representative of the church always. And we all have our own journeys, right? So it's not really a faith-based thing. In fact, I didn't want to really go down the road of doing a lot of you know faith-based things. I just want to mention one little story. The very first, we went to Mbali, Uganda, and we we started to cover this uh, husband and wife team and Adam and Kathy. Kathy was a neonatologist. Adam is an anesthesiologist. They were working in a really remote town. They had two tiny little babies, little girls at the time. And I remember saying, why in the world? Because you can work in the UK where they're from and make a and just crush it and then just send money down to someone else that can work in a maternal health clinic that was getting 200 you know, kids referred in and they had a 50 percent you know, mortality rate and see all the deaths. I mean, to have someone else make your money and send it somewhere else to do it. And so when we were asking them, why is it that you're doing it? Were they to have said it's because we believe that this is God's will for us and things like that? I would have gotten it. I totally would have gotten it. But I quite frankly, it would have bored me because that story I've heard a million times. Instead, what Kathy and Adam said is, look, we're not Christians. We're not. We're atheists. And I was like, there was no mandate. It's just humanity seeing other humans, you know, and then kicking in. And so sometimes it's those things that, again, flip the narrative in Iraq was interesting because Iraq is, is Mosul is one of the most kind of, um, you know, diversely uh, religious cities in the world. They have thousands and thousands of really large Christian population that's been there for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. They also have the Muslims, they have the Yazidis, you have some Jewish folks, you have just a group of people that are there. And when we were there, most of what we knew about Iraq was really war coverage that you would have seen on the news. But now we're inside of a, an elementary school. And the U.S. said it was the 20th anniversary of the U.S.'s involvement in Iraq. And as we're going into some very conservative schools where ISIS, they were held by ISIS and there's still ISIS folks that go to those schools, you started seeing people that were both parents were ISIS and kids whose parents were killed by ISIS in the same classroom. And you say, how can peace happen? When these kids who are 11, 12-year-old girls, they're all one sex, right? So it's either girls or guys. In this case, the girls, it's like, how does it? How do you ever trust that other person that's right beside you? And so the organization that we were highlighting, Hardwired Global, uh, Global does a lot of curriculum around plural, religious pluralism and just getting to know each other. And that's a metaphor for the rest of travel. I mean, that's an, you have to be together. You have to see each other. And you have to see each other as humans. And that's what travel does. So we can watch travel shows, but when you're there, all of the fears that you may have had going into a country beforehand, our first time going to Iraq, there's a lot of misconceptions. By the time you leave a couple of weeks later, you're like, you know what? I see this very, I see them as people very differently than I saw it. And I think that's the beauty of real travel. I would, I would say, I would add to that in terms of Iraq, that one of the hardest uh, days that Earl and I had there was when we listened to these really young uh, girls basically talking. And one of the things that they said that was really kind of a smackdown was a smackdown on all of us adults uh, and all of the people who are complicit in warfare. They're basically this one girl who had lost her father because he was an ISIS fighter. And um, she's like, you know, we just children want the, we want this not to have war. That's just what we're asking for, basically, is in essence what she said. You know, we just, we just don't want fighting, you know? And it's like, whoa, out of the mouth of a, you know, 
eight or nine year old, like, wow, that's pretty profound. What a, what a message for the world, really. And um, I think Earl and I both were shedding some tears in that particular. Oh, yeah. no, that was, that was a heart wrenching, you know, episode. Wow. I mean, you've gotten to experience so many different cultures. And one of the things I notice is you're also looking at how does our planet continue, like looking at sustainable yeah. farming or stony right. coral disease, Atlantic sturgeon. Yeah. You, you really mm -hmm. have a focus on some of the crisis in our planet. So is right. there one place that sticks out for you that that is the good news or the good road that where they've really made great strides with helping with things like that? You know, you mentioned the sturgeon, and this was, we did an episode right outside of Richmond uh, in the James River, and for, for decades, people thought that the great sturgeon were no longer in the James River, and then, and and now they're coming back, and actually, they're coming back in droves, and the point from one of the guys that grew up, one of the scientists, he said, look, we didn't do any remediation. We didn't go through and do a lot of cleanup and stuff. What we did was we stopped messing up the river. We just stopped polluting it and it had a restorative thing. And I think a lot of times that is it, you know, a lot of times with almost anything, just it's almost like the doctor. It's, you know, first do no harm. It's just stop doing bad. And there's an and there's space for good to happen. And that was the that's kind of the story of the sturgeon. But that's also a metaphor, I think, for a lot of travel. Yeah. And, and, and the same in the U.S. Virgin Islands, basically, you know, the the stony coral disease came uh, came over really from Florida, where they had been dumping sewage and everything into the into the ocean, and it it, it made its way and um, wound up, of course, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and in St. Thomas, the you know at the University of the Virgin Islands, uh, when we interviewed them in the water, which was kind of cool. I'd never really done an interview. <laughs> underwater really kind of and uh, but in the water you know you're looking at these coral that may never be able to bounce back from this this disease and you you think you know it's like Earl said about the river you know you just if you if you can try to be reactive to the things like this disease but uh, you've got to really be proactive and think about what we're doing you know, before uh, everything goes to hell. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think when you talk about a connection uh, and community, air, water, all of these things we all share. And so we'll see the impacts in a country <clears throat> from something that's happening very far away. In fact, when we were in New York City this last time, you started to see the ash from the wildfires that were happening in Canada. Look, we're connected very closely. And when you start to see the impacts that are happening in one place, that impact kind of all of us, you start to, you let, it doesn't feel as, uh, it doesn't feel like the borders are so rigid anymore. It starts to feel like, you know, we're occupying the same space. And that's what I, I think that's another area that we get to explore with the show and the format that we do is, you know, who is it that's, has these worldwide global problems that are, they're, you know, they've received from elsewhere. And then how do they take care of themselves or take care of the rest of the world? So anyway, there's a lot of stuff that just show how interconnected we are. Well, it's interesting how it's all sort of the same layer, right? The children are mm -hmm. saying, you're making war and it, it's hard for us to live. The fire's in one place, but the air doesn't know, you know where the border is and that we're right. all connected. The, the water 
the lionfish mm. is a huge issue that I've been writing about yeah. this invasive species or, or, you know, like uh, rivers with pollution. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, your show, I think is very aspirational about how can we dream bigger? How can we work together? How can we find yeah. the good road? Yeah. Well, and that's and it. Yeah. Earl referenced space earlier. I will say that last season, because, and, and this part's important, you know, we did a, a couple episodes about space. And one of the things that, um, you know, we talked about was the overview effect and being able to look back at the planet and realize that all the borders and all the things we put, you know, put on it for ourselves. Or, or what's the the comment from the astronauts? Yeah, about? they say that you know. Yeah, they say once you've seen the Earth from afar, then it changes everything. They call that an overview effect. But they say that astronauts leave the planet as astronauts and come back as conservationists, because you see the world from such an unlikely existence and how subtle you know any little changes are and how connected they were. And so I love that because if travel has the ability to change your mind or help you understand the world better than space travel even more so. And they talk about how transformative that experience can be. So we highlighted an organization called Space Perspective that does exactly that. They're starting to launch balloons into space. So you're you know 100,000 feet in the air, it's two hours up, two hours in space, two hours descent. And you get that experience to see the world in a very different way. And travel is all of that. Travel is that experience that can really change you. And when I said, you know, you first go to, you know, Iraq and you're not sure what to expect, I know from myself that if I have blind spots that I'm not, you know, that I just have misconceptions or stereotypes, that it probably makes sense for me to go somewhere. I went to Sudan at the in January of this year. Uh, and, you know, again, it was a brief period while it was, it was peace. And we and I was so blown away with how great that you know experience was afterwards because I had no clue of what these people were like, but their their Muslim traditions are so welcoming. They you know it's just there was a million things hospi hospitality and things, and um, I think at the end of it, once you've gone gone and come back, then you start then you start seeing those things as as people as not very different, you know, and you have a lot better you know it just breaks down all of these barriers that you have in your mind. And that's, you know, for us, that's the beauty of travel. Well, that was an amazing summary of how fantastic your show is and why you're <laughs> about to launch season four on PBS. Again, congratulations on all of the awards and all the destinations and really bringing the, the issues around our planet into people's living rooms. So before I let you go, could you just let people know for season four, when is it coming? And if they haven't seen the first three seasons, where can they find you? Well, there's a couple of different ways that you can see it. So you can see it on pbs.org and their Passport app. You can also see it uh, seasons one through three on Amazon Prime. So it's an ad supported, so it's free. You can see it there. It's still running on Delta Airlines and there's some others. It's in Roku and whatever. But if you just Google The Good Road, you'll find the good way to actually see it. Season four will start airing in September of this year, 2023. And so we'll run its eight episodes per season. They'll run them in primetime spots beginning in the beginning of September. So it'll run season one, uh, season four will run September through October. And then it'll rerun for the next two years on PBS channel. So it's check your local listings or check it out on thegoodroad.tv. 
Yeah, we, we've gotten into a cadence like season five will probably also be in the fall. So we've gotten into a cadence now where you can see it every fall, but also all, all year through Amazon Prime now and, and PBS.org. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'm so excited for season four and to learn more about all the incredible characters and destinations and philanthropy projects. So thank you both for being here. Thank awesome. you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Lisa. Appreciate it.